0: Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly.
1: How goes it, Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report? Um, There used to be this commercial. Uh, Oh gosh, I'm dating myself a little bit. The guy used to say, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. And now, Alka Seltzer. Yep, it was Alka Seltzer. Uh, Last night, I can't believe I watched the whole thing. I did. I watched the whole Super Bowl last night. So that's John DeShazer. I'm Sean Kelly. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report. The football season is over and um, it ended with a thud (laughs) last night at MetLife Stadium. Boy, was I wrong, J.D. I kind of hinted all last week that I thought the Broncos would blow out the Seahawks. It was the Seahawks who blew out the Broncos. So I'm I'm man enough to sit here and admit that I was way off on this one, but uh, that was ugly. Oh my goodness, see, forty-three now, to
2: eight. Our, now I said that I could see Russell Wilson winning the MVP and and, and playing well, which he did play well, and then win the MVP. No, I did not see forty-three to eight. I, I no, no, nowhere, no how, no way that I see that. But um, having seen Seattle up close and personal beat the Saints on that Monday night, thirty-four-seven. You can see how they can do that to a team. I just didn't think they could do it to Denver. I thought Denver was going to be too too good for that. And uh, man, I tell you what, it, it snowballed, uh, not literally but figuratively.
1: But but don't but wouldn't you agree now that the two games against the Saints now make a whole lot more sense?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because now you now, and I think, and, and actually it probably did do Saints fans some good. Probably it was therapeutic to see what Seattle is capable of doing to anybody. Well. The the alleged second best team in the NFL or the best team from the AFC, however you want to term it, but yeah, it, you should feel a little bit better if you're a Saints fan today because you know the the playoff loss was not nearly the mauling that Denver uh, Denver took last took last night.
1: Yeah, no doubt. This is the black and blue report. It is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Glad you're with us. Producer Dan's with us also from our New Orleans Arena studios today. As we kind of set up the show for you, we'll talk uh, a little bit more about the Super Bowl. I don't want to go into some great depth and detail on this because you're getting it like all over the place in 15 different channels from yesterday at noon on. So uh, some thoughts about the Super Bowl with J.D. here today. Also then uh, Spurs and Pelicans tonight at New Orleans Arena. We're going to talk to the voice of the Spurs Bill Schoening, talk about San Antonio's now injury problems. And we'll visit with Jason Smith. Haven't talked to him since his knee surgery, so he'll uh, stop by today, uh, talk about that. His Broncos, because he's a Colorado guy, um, and he'll help us preview the ball game tonight against San Antonio. That's a 7 o'clock tip-off at New Orleans Arena. There are still some tickets available if you'd like to walk up and see this one tonight. It's a part of a four-game homestand. Uh, Pelicans.com. You can get tickets there, or you can call 504-525-HOOP. It be great to have a nice crowd here on a Monday night against a quality opponent like San Antonio. The Pelicans are in a bit of a roll here, gang, and uh, John and I will talk about that more also later during our podcast. All right, so the game itself, J.D., last night uh, at the Meadowlands, or excuse me now, MetLife Stadium. When a game goes completely against anything that you thought it might be, it becomes a little harder to analyze, but when you look back on the game last night, how do you analyze a 43-8? to eight, I wouldn't say surprise,
2: but I guess it is. That sounds like a commercial. When good games go bad. <laughs> yeah, no, um, <laughs> you, um, really, the, the, the analysis is this. Seattle, defensively, was the best team in the league, far and away. And it showed. I mean, the special teams touchdown, yeah, was a gift. And, and the safety, obviously, was a gift. But... You take those things away. And Denver wasn't going to be able to score on those guys. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And yeah, Seattle's offense was efficient enough to be able to get, I think, three touchdowns, a couple field goals against, you know, Denver's defense. Russell Wilson did play play decently and, and his receivers made some nice catches for him. But they could have won that game eight nothing, man. They could have won it three nothing. I mean, I, I got I got the feeling Denver's touchdown obviously was a, an afterthought by the time they got it. But if it had really meant something you get the feeling they couldn't have scored on on Seattle for 3 days if they'd played them 3 days in a row. I mean Seattle was that good and that dialed in and uh you know the whole you know adage, you know, you know great defense wins championships and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that that proved true, man. They could, they could have they could have pitched a shutout.
1: Did you get the impression I'm not trying to be disparaging here toward Peyton Manning, but did you get the impression and again, not taking anything away from what you just said about Seattle's defense, but it almost felt like John Fox and the Broncos thought they could just kind of roll the ball out there and play. Well, that's the feeling I got through the whole first half.
2: Well, but that's kind of what they did the whole season, you know, the whole NFL scoring record and the 76 touchdowns this season, which was another NFL record, and all those things. And, you know, you go with your strength, and you feel like, you know, if we can score this way and we play this way against everybody else, why not against these guys? But these guys aren't the average guys for, for whatever reason. That's secondary – is phenomenal and their linebackers are obviously underrated but a lot better than people think. And they get together a good enough rush. But you know, the rush it goes, you know, part and parcel with the secondary. If you can cover people, then you can get to the opposing quarterback because some of those were you know, times where they got to Peyton Manning and made him nervous because of the coverage in the secondary. And uh, yeah, he did not look good. And yeah, a lot of it had to do, I'm sure, that with the fact that they came in with the game plan, that it worked against everybody else. I mean, you know, the underneath routes and the rubbing and, and the pick plays and all those things. But if you're going to play against a team like Seattle where they've established this is the way we play. We, you know, we talked about this, about the Chicago Bulls against the Pels the other night, and we talked about, you know, previous Utah, Utah Jazz teams. You play physical. You do a lot of grabbing, and, and you're really physical, and and officials say, you know what, that's just the way they play. That's the way Seattle plays and if they're going to be allowed to do that with the athletes they have in the secondary and those guys are big and they're fast and they're strong and if they can also get away with an extra tug here and there and if they can bump you a little bit you know past 5 yards down the field they're going to have a distinct advantage and that's what they did against Denver they just they just beat them up
1: yeah dominant performance last night i did giggle about one thing oh no first of all before i get to that takeaways now in the nfl If that's not the number one stat to track, I don't know what is. I I think there ought to be a billboard here in New Orleans next season that just tracks where the Saints are plus minus takeaways. Look, the teams that rule the takeaway all season long are the ones that end up there in the end. And then it proved again last night, what, four takeaways plus four on takeaways? Yeah, those
2: dudes in the regular season, Seattle was plus. They, no, they they forced thirty nine. Yeah, forced thirty nine turnovers. Now, I can't remember what the exact plus was. Maybe plus eighteen or something crazy. But they forced thirty nine, which is phenomenal. And then they get, do the exact same thing in the playoffs. I mean, that's who they are.
1: Yeah, and it's the same thing the Saints did when they won it all yep. four years ago. Yep. Speaking of the Saints, four years ago, this this was interesting. I got a little giggle out of this last night too. All they kept talking about, because, again, I, I, they, they ran out of things to talk about. I understand that again. <laughs> We've been there. They, all they talked about, though, was this dynamic relationship between Pete Carroll and their general manager, John Schneider. And then at times they'd lump in the owner as well. And this this partnership and building this roster with, with these uh, plucked uh, free agent signings, these uh, deep draft guys that nobody else seemed to pay attention to, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 because isn't that the same thing that Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis have been doing and won the Super Bowl four years ago and had a, have had a contending team ever since except for last year?
2: Well, that's exactly the same thing, but they, I mean... They,
1: they acted, John, like this was some new novel yeah, thing in the NFL. But you
2: called it when you when you started the whole thing. I mean, they had nothing else to talk oh. about, so you got to, you know, fill time, and if you're those guys, you know, you're running out of notes, it's... You know, before you know it, it's twenty two nothing, it's twenty nine nothing. You're trying to keep people tuned in. And so now you gotta start talking about all kinds of background stuff. And that's a nice story if it was original. But there's nothing original about what they were talking about whatsoever because you just mentioned that's what the Saints do. And probably just about any team that wins the Super Bowl has something similar to say about that. Yeah,
1: it was just it was just a carbon copy of this this general manager head coach partnership. And I was like, Okay, we see that on airline at every day. And if you want to go even deeper, you can talk about the shorter quarterback and the quarterback that, you know, uh, people passed. Uh, you know, it was just like, okay, all right, okay. Yeah, you're talking maybe, about – Maybe you start comparing those who have been there before and have had success as opposed to this being some brand new thing.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, you're talking about, you know, as you mentioned, you know, undrafted guys here and late draft picks here when Marcus Colson was a seventh-round pick. Doug Baldwin for Seattle was undrafted. You know, Richard Sherman was a fifth-round pick. Jari Evans was, you know, a third or fourth or fifth-round pick for the Saints. You know, so it, guys evaluate talent. Okay, and, and picking a guy in the in the fifth round when you only get seven picks, you're picking a guy that you think can play some. Now, you know, he's he's not great. Otherwise, you probably take him in the first round. But you're picking a guy who you believe in some as opposed to, you know, a a rookie free agent. This is a guy that you actually spend spend a pick on. And actually, when you only got seven picks, your rookie free agents do become premium because you pluck guys who fit what you do. Exactly. Now, you go after certain guys as rookie free agents, and you say, you know what, this is the kind of receiver who would fit on our team. This is the kind of linebacker who would fit on our team. This ain't like, you know, and I hate to disparage baseball, but if you got, you know, freaking you know, 72 rounds, you know, you can pick somebody's mom in round 69 who, you know, just as a gesture, as a joke, because you got so many picks, mm-hmm. you know, you can just throw a couple away. What, you know, and, and maybe you get lucky sometimes late, but, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, never see the light of day in, when, in terms of the majors. But in football, you only got seven picks. And so actually your rookie free, rookie free agents are like, you know, an eighth-round pick, a ninth-round pick, you know, and when you're talking about 53, you know, guys on the roster, you're picking guys, you know, rookie free agents and later in the draft who are going to f- be those guys who are going to actually turn out to be your special teams players and those guys who actually fill out the bottom of your roster. So, yeah, those guys become pretty important.
1: One more thing about uh,
2: that situation. What did Jim used
1: to say? You don't know. What is it? You don't know and you yeah, never Yeah, you don't will. know and you never will. Okay. Uh, All that talk before the game about Marshawn Lynch and Noshaw Moreno having such a heavy
2: hand and how this was going to turn out. You don't know? No. (laughs) I mean, you you know, it just takes on a different personality. I mean, you can – a running back can be taken away. Okay, that can be taken away. Now, there are some things you might, you know, have to give up to take him away. But you can take away a running back.
1: So, um, thank goodness for Bruno Mars. Because that kind of saved the whole thing last night uh, in the entertainment value sense. I, I guess if you're a Seattle fan, or you know, I, you know, okay, the, the game still had a lot to talk about and, and fun stuff. But thank goodness for Bruno Mars, because to compound the torture of watching that thing disintegrate after halftime was the fact that I couldn't even pause it, walk away for a while, and then fast forward through the commercials because I wanted to see the Super Bowl commercials, which then in themselves were pretty disappointing last night.
2: See, I'm not a huge Super Bowl commercial fan, you know I'll I'll tolerate them. Really, the one I like is I, I I don't know if I should be ashamed to say this or not. The bull being put out the stud, the
1: Chevy commercial. Yeah, the Chevy commercial. Yeah. But you know
2: you don't you don't know what the heck it is because I'm just thinking about the bull going out the stud and he's you know licking his chops and you know all the girls are licking their chops like hey. So that's the one I remember the most. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and if you hadn't told me it was a Chevy commercial, I'd have had to think about it for a while to remember what it was about.
1: Yep, the man the man in his truck and a very eligible bachelor. I think it was the word in there. That's the, yep, yes. that's the one. All right, see, I, I, it was twice. They had it during the game and then right after the game last night, so that's the only reason
2: why should, I guess They I, should use that for the bachelor. Make, an old, make a series.
1: Oh, you, go too, <laughs> you go too far here.
2: All right, John DeShazer here on the Black and Blue Report.
1: I'm Sean Kelly. Uh, John will be back a little bit later in the show. We're going to have the broadcast for you tonight for Pelicans and Spurs. So we'll get a couple thoughts from John uh, in helping us preview the basketball game. Speaking of, uh, what are we going to do next? Uh, Bill Shoney, Dan? Okay. Uh, Bill Shoney, voice of the Spurs, to join us here on the Black and Blue Report. And then still to come, Jason Smith, also on this Monday edition.
0: Basketball fans of all ages, NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans and tips off with four days of basketball action. February 13th through the 16th, NBA All-Star Jam Session transforms the New Orleans Ernest N. Morial Convention Center into 40 interactive activities. Fans can test their skills, score pre autographs from NBA stars, and pick up the hottest NBA All-Star merchandise. Jam Session is your family's ticket to everything NBA All-Star. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours today at NBAevents.com.
1: When your Pelicans take on the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday, February 5th, it's your chance to walk up and win, presented by the Louisiana Lottery. Visit the New Orleans Arena box office starting at noon on February 5th to purchase a lower bowl seat for only $35. Then, try your luck in winning a seat upgrade, courtesy of the Louisiana Lottery. Over 50% of the seats will be upgraded, with some lucky fans taking in the game action from the floor. Visit Pelicans.com today for details.
0: It's Pelican's Game Day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
1: Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report is a renaissance man. He's a singer-songwriter, recording artist, teacher, NBA broadcaster. Bill Schoening, the voice of the San Antonio Spurs, joins us. Good morning, Bill.
3: Good morning, Sean. I think you've overrated me in that intro, but that's okay.
1: I try to overhype everything, but I will say this. don't Don't come in here. Telling me about, woe are the Spurs with all their injuries and everything else. It won't fly in this city. You know that, right? I
3: understand that completely, and I would never do that anyway. So uh, (laughs) I'll take the lead from Greg Popovich. Nobody feels sorry for you when you have injuries.
1: It is interesting, though, with three very significant pieces out for San Antonio. I would argue that Kawhi Leonard's been one of your best players this year. He's out. Ginobili, we know about him, and now Danny Green. So how do the Spurs look minus these three pieces?
3: It's been difficult. There's no question about it. They just went through a stretch where they lost four, five, and three in a row. It was the first time they lost multiple games in a row all year long. Uh, they really miss Kawhi Leonard's presence on defense. He is their best perimeter defender. He's got those long arms. Uh, you know, going up against guys like Kevin Durant, uh, it's very, very important to have a guy like uh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, the Spurs did not have a small forward that played the kind of defense that Leonard plays since 08 when Bruce Bowen left. So uh, they've been trying to get that good defensive small forward. Because in the West, as you know, Sean, going up against Kobe Bryant and Kevin Durant and those types of players, you want to make sure that you have somebody that can guard the perimeter. And without Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard, the Spurs are missing right now their top two perimeter defenders. So I think it's really affected their defense uh, even more so than their offense.
1: Bill, when you look at it, though, the Spurs, though, at still at thirty-four and thirteen, uh, do so many things so well. What have the adjustments been, and who's helping take up the slack with those three guys out?
3: Well, there's a number of players that have really helped out. The bench has been very good all year long. Now, of course, the bench is depleted because some of the bench guys are starting. Uh, but uh, Marco Bellinelli has been amazing. I know you know him very well since uh, you know he played in New Orleans. But uh, he has really kind of fit right into the Spurs system. And he's had a lot of open looks from three-point range because the Spurs good ball, movement. the Spurs are in the top five in assists and have been all year. So Bellinelli has really benefited, I think, from – Uh, playing with Manu Shvelu before Manu got hurt uh, on that second year. We call it the Foreign Legion, Sean, because four (laughs) of the five guys are from overseas. Uh, And and part of that is Patty Mills, who's the backup point guard from Australia. He played at St. Mary's out in California. And he's really coming into his own. He's in his fifth year in the league, uh, and I think that he really understands the Spurs system. He really got in great shape during the offseason, knocked off a couple of pounds, uh, is a willing defender even though he's small, and uh, he he really has the capability of – Uh, lighting it up from the outside. He's shooting well over 40% now from three-point range, and uh, he provides a nice spark off the bench.
1: You mentioned the Foreign Legion. We know about Greg Popovich is kind of a worldly guy. Um, You and Bill Land, of course, uh, also fit into that category. What's it like traveling with with such a unique group?
3: Well, you hear a lot of different languages, that's for sure. Uh, uh, For instance, Tiago Splitter is from Brazil, so he speaks uh, Portuguese, but he grew up uh, in Brazil, but his parents are from uh, Germany, so he speaks some German. So, so I speak a little German with Tiago. Uh, Manu Ginobili is fluent in Italian, Spanish, and English. Uh, uh, Marco Bellinelli, of course, is from Italy. And then you've got the Aussies. I'm not sure what language they speak. Uh, but we've got guys, and of course, we've got three Frenchmen as well, uh, Boris Nando DiColo and Tony Parker. So uh, we've got quite the international group, and it's a lot of fun to travel with these guys because, as I mentioned, you do hear the different languages and the bus and the shoot around. And, uh, and they also uh, have quite a following. Uh, for instance, when we were... In Miami uh, last week, uh, there was a huge uh, contention of Argentina fans there uh, to cheer on Manu Ginobili. So that happens almost in every arena where you've got people from a a particular country uh, pulling for their country, whether it's France or Argentina or Brazil.
1: You know, when you have the most tenured coach in the NBA and you have a core that's been together for forever, uh, Bill, it it would seem easy to me to kind of just this is the way we've always done it, which has been very successful. But do they try and change things up here and there in their routines to freshen things or, um, I don't know, keep it from getting stale?
3: Yeah, you see a little wrinkle here, a little wrinkle there. But for the most part, things have stayed the same. Now, offensively, things have changed. And this is my 13th year, Sean, with the club. So when I first got to San Antonio, David Robinson and Tim Duncan were the two twin towers, and the Spurs just basically one with defense. You know, you couldn't get in the paint against those two guys uh, defensively, and the Spurs would win a lot of 90 to 87 games. Uh, but through the years, uh, after David retired and Tony Parker took more of a, a role on this ball club and, of course, Manu Shinobili, uh the Spurs became more of a perimeter team that liked to get up and down the floor and not rely so much on their low-post offense. Uh, Tim Duncan still scores, you know, 15, 16 points a game, but they don't go to him as much. They, they really use him more in pick-and-pop uh, from 15, 16 feet out, off pick and roll, you know, when uh, uh, Tony Parker will roll in the basket or Tony Parker will work around the pick to get to the basket, Duncan's got the option of either stepping out and hitting a 17-footer or maybe rolling to the basket with Tony. Uh, but uh, it's kind of a read thing with Parker. But that's really the staple of their offense right now is the pick and roll. And, of course, uh, if guys collapse too much defensively, then you've got the open three-point shooters. When Danny Green is healthy, he's out there. Uh, of course, Kawhi lettered in the corner, and Ginobili shoots from the three as well. We talked about Bellinelli and Mills earlier. So I think that uh, with all those different options, the Spurs' offense has changed quite a bit uh, in the last 13 years. Uh, but still, the core, the foundation that you talked about earlier with those three guys um, being the base, and the foundation, uh, they just kind of build off of that. They'll change things up here and there. But for the most part, it's been done the same way for the entire 18 years, as far as I know, with Greg Popovich.
1: And along those lines, Bill, all we've heard the last couple of years is everybody outside of San Antonio says, well, the window's closing. The window's closing on this group. You know, this may be the last time they get to do this, this, or that. Um, they, do, they seem to continue to defy that. So is that a topic of conversation in San Antonio? And we, and if it is, is there some sense of urgency or or what? Help me out with that.
3: I think that there have been people trying to throw dirt on the Spurs for a long time, ever since the '07 championship. Uh, I remember when the Spurs swept the LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers that year. Uh, the national media was saying, "Okay, well, that's it for this group. You know, that 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 was a nice run, and they're going to uh, finish it off here." And here we are, six, seven years later, and uh, you know we're still going. So that that that's good news. I think that what they've done is they've put some younger players uh, in situations where they can be successful as role players, guys like. Hawaii Leonard and Danny Green uh, and Patty Mills now. And, of course, last year's team came within five seconds. It was really excruciating uh, to, to come that close and not win a championship. And a lot of things happened to happen right for the uh, Heat to win it. And the, the Heat deserved it. Hats off to them. But this first game very, very close to another championship. So no reason why I think they're going to change it up now. Um, obviously, one of the things that Pop wants to do is watch those minutes. He really keeps a close watch on the minutes played by the top players so he doesn't wear out, Tim Duncan or Ginobili or Parker, and make sure that they're fresh for the playoffs because that's really what it matters.
1: Bill Shoney, voice of the Spurs, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. One more thing, Bill. I know you're a game prep guy, so we've got Pelicans and Spurs tonight at New Orleans Arena. Uh, give me a note or two that I can steal from my broadcast tonight.
3: <laughs> well, I've seen the way that Anthony Davis is playing lately, and I understand completely – uh your hesitancy to say oh the Spurs are all banged up because of uh, Anderson and Holiday and Smith being out for the Pelicans but uh, you know the Spurs barely survived uh uh, a home game with Sacramento the other night, so it was a, it was a very good win, believe it or not. Even a home win over Sacramento, a team that the Spurs usually dominate, uh, but they'll take a win anytime they can get it. They had a three-game losing streak going in, so hopefully that'll give the Spurs a little momentum going into this trip. But they have a lot, a lot of respect for Monty Williams and Del Demps, and of course they've got some uh, Spurs backgrounds, both of those guys. Uh, so they have a lot of respect for the way that uh, Monty does things in New Orleans. And the last time here, the Spurs were very fortunate to come up. With one 195 wins, so I can guarantee you one thing: that the Spurs are not looking past New Orleans in any way, shape, or form. They've got a lot of respect for what Monty does, and it should be a good game tonight with the Pelicans. But obviously, a lot of defensive preparation right now for Anthony Davis, the way he's playing.
1: Yeah, the feeling is more than mutual here. The ties between these two organizations is pretty phenomenal, and I think we'll have a good ball game tonight, Bill. I look forward to it, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of this cloudy, cold day in our city.
3: Oh, well, we're all here shortly, and then, boom, off to of D.C., so it's the Rodeo Road Trip. We've got nine in a row on the road, but what a great place to start the trip here in New Orleans.
1: All right, so I know that you do a rodeo song every year. Can fans find yes. that?
3: Uh, yeah, you can go. Uh, I, I guess the best way to find the, the songs are to go to Vimeo. It's like video with an M, com, and just to look up my name. Uh, last year, it was called Audio South Theater, saying... I haven't begun to work on this year's Rodeo Road Trip song. I didn't even bring the guitar on this leg of the trip, so oh. uh, I, I may come up with a song if I get inspiration. I may not. I might write a song about Sean Kelly and the New Orleans Pelicans broadcast. I'm not sure. I c- try to keep that open-minded. So, um, you know, I, I've written a, a lot of different types of songs. So, uh, you know, last year was more of a rocker. I don't know if I'm going to do a folk thing. I even did a little tejano kind of thing a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. So, I will see what happens. But uh, uh, we try to have fun on the road and, and try to enjoy it. And uh, you know, make the most of it since we've gone from the families and friends for so long. So, um, uh, I'm looking forward to the trip, and uh, hopefully we'll play well.
1: Yeah, stick to the topics that have served you well. I think that any song about me and this radio network would probably be the equivalent of the Super Bowl <laughs> last night. So let's just leave it at that. So,
3: Wouldn't be very interesting. Now.
1: No. <laughs> All right, safe travels on the rodeo trip, Bill. We'll see you tonight at the arena. I appreciate it.
3: All right, Sean. Thank you. Bill,
1: Bill Schoening, voice of the Spurs, with us here on the Black and Blue Reports. Stay tuned. Jason Smith on the program right after this quick timeout.
0: Your mission, win your share of up to $3 in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners. So play for the thrill. License to Thrill. You belong at the Beau. See M-Life desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696.
4: This is Pelican Center, Jason Smith, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
1: Back on the Black and Blue Report here on this Monday. We haven't talked to Jason Smith in a while, so I thought there were a lot of topics we could cover. We could start with the Super Bowl if you want, Jason, a native of Colorado, I'm sure a lifelong Broncos fan. Did you
4: watch all of it yesterday? Yes, I stuck it out till the end. Uh, It was very difficult to watch from the start. Um, When you have a a beginning play of a safety, uh, it's just not going to be a good night for your team that night. You had to be surprised, right? I think we all were. Oh, very surprised. I I figured that the team would come out a little bit more prepared, a little bit more energetic. But Seattle is a very good team, and they had more energy and more emphasis and more fight and desire to win, and, and they deserve to win it. You're a little bit younger than me, but... If you take away a
1: couple of those Super Bowl wins there at the end of Elway's career, uh, there's been some heartbreaks on Super Bowl Sunday
4: for the uh, Orange Crush now. Yeah, John Elway made it to a lot of Super Bowls, but he didn't really uh, get the satisfaction of winning until towards the end of his career. And I, I figure it would be kind of the same situation for Peyton, but sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and, and last night was just not his night at all. <laughs> well well put, I think. Saw your picture on Twitter the other day. Um, brave man taking a picture uh, recovering from surgery. You, you, looked, you looked good. You didn't look loopy or anything. No, I was good. Um, I might have been a little bit loopy, still had the anesthesia running through the veins. But, uh, no, it was, it was a good surgery. I was happy to, to get in and out. Uh, I kind of had a, a no, uh, an idea of what to, I was going to go through um, having surgery on the left knee a couple years back. So everything was kind of clear-cut, no pun intended. Everything went well and uh, happy to be back with the team. They they tell you to put away the social media after surgery because of that. Did did you send out anything that you now regret? No, but I I do remember, well, I don't remember. uh, I called my agent and I called my mom and I called one of my best friends, but called them the day after and they said they had already talked to me and I was like, "Uh oh, well, that's (laughs) interesting. I did it again. So what exactly did they do? Because I haven't talked to you since then. Uh, They went in, they cleaned up the knee. Um, I had a piece of cartilage that was floating around in there. So they went in, cleaned that up, real basic, simple procedure, and now I'm on the mend.
1: All right, be honest with me. I've gotten to know you a little bit. How long were you playing with whatever that was floating around in there? I know that in the past you've tried to stick things out maybe longer than you should have.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure what it was or how long I had it. that that's kind of to be determined because even going through it i i didn't feel that bad and i felt like i could still perform pretty well um it just got to the point where it started aching a lot and uh we took an mri of it and lo and behold something was wrong so i mean it's it's just bad luck more than anything you surprised me because we had been talking about the
1: shoulder we talked about the bone bruise which was above the knee and then all of a sudden jason's
4: out with a knee injury it just did it happen that suddenly yeah i think it did um I don't think it was something that I was continuing to play with, um, but you never know. Uh, you can only just trust the doctors and the medical staff. But um, just kind of like you said, me as a player, I like to play through stuff. Uh, bumps and bruises don't really bug me, but when it gets to be structural damage, that kind of kind of bugs me. Yeah,
1: what's realistic? What's smart about your recovery process?
4: Um, really, just listening to the doctors and everything. Um, I have to have crutches for a little while. Um, really, can't really push it too much. Um, just kind of got to let it rest up and heal, and, and I'll be back before you know it. This team's playing better. You've got a front row seat. Um, why do you think that is? You know, I think they're playing a lot uh, a lot more together, and I think we're getting used to the lineups that, that have been playing together. Um, in, the, in the first part of the new lineups, you, you kind of don't know what a certain player's going to do. Um, you're not used to the lineup. Oh, is he going to shoot it? Is he going to drive it? Um, I think you're just building that chemistry. Um, And really just going out there playing together, playing hard, moving the ball. Um, We found that moving the ball side to side, you definitely have more success against the team than just trying to go one-on-one all the time. So I think we're getting better at that, and it's only going to continue to get better. All right, let's pretend you're my analyst in the broadcast booth tonight. We're getting ready for the San Antonio Spurs. What are you laying out there for me to help me set up the broadcast? You know, I'd lay out that San Antonio is a very good team, no matter who they have out there on the floor. Uh, it doesn't matter if they have Parker, uh, Duncan, Ginobili. Um, they have such a deep bench and such a, a good coach that puts them in the right situations. Uh, they could play small lineups and, and go out there and make it a, a fast-paced game. They could still go out there with Tim, and, and he's 37, 38 years old, but he's still getting up and down the floor very well. Uh, the Spurs are a very dangerous team, and, and no matter if you do have a lead, you have to have that killer instinct. If you're up, you got to stay up. Uh, if you're down, just take just chip away a bit of a bit at a time. There's no 20 point, no 20 point baskets. There's no eight point baskets. If you're down, you just got to stay calm, remain the course, just go out there and do what coach coach has you doing. All right, Jason Smith. Sorry about the Broncos. All the best in your recovery. Yep. Thank
1: you. The Broncos. We'll see. Well, will they'll, they'll live to fight another day. <laughs> Jason Smith with us here on the Black and Blue Report. More on this Monday right after this.
3: Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at intergysavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat... The Energy videos walk you through it. Visit EnergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Entergy.
0: NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge is your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge, your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars.
1: All right, Spurs and Pelicans tonight, or better yet, Pelicans and Spurs tonight at New Orleans Arena. Game two of this four-game homestand. Uh, Game one was a winner. The uh, Pelicans beat the Bulls, as you all know, this past Saturday night. And so they'll look to make it now two in a row in the homestand. And John continue a role that's now seen them win, what, four of their last five uh, overall. Anthony Davis was a beast. First guy since Patrick Ewing in November of nineteen ninety to go 22-plus points and six-plus blocks per game in three straights. They talked about beast mode with Marshawn Lynch. I'll take beast mode on Anthony Davis right now.
2: Yeah, he keeps doing things that only Hall of Famers have done. And, uh, you know, we keep talking about him, and it it doesn't get old to watch him play. It doesn't get old to watch him do his thing. And the great thing is we get to see him not only in person, but you get to wonder about his ceiling because – the more you see him, you know, he's 20 years old. He, you know, where is he going to be when he's 23, 27? I mean, he hadn't scratched what he's going to be and what he could be. And, and so that's exciting to watch all the time. All right. So tonight we have a
1: game in which both teams have three significant injuries,
2: three significant
1: pieces out. As we've documented very well around here, the Pelicans will do without Anderson, Smith, and Holiday again tonight. The Spurs, meanwhile, even though they won their last game, much like the Pelicans did, roll in here without Kawhi Leonard, who may be their best player right now, uh, Danny Green, and Manu Ginobili. But they are still the San Antonio Spurs, and they are in first place in the Southwest Division. Thoughts or two, thought or two for you on tonight's game.
2: Well, the problem with the Spurs is, you know, every team finds out, the guys that they sub in still know the system. They run a system that's so efficient – and as long as you've got Tim Duncan, and he's available, and Tony Parker, and he's available, and those guys still understand how to get San Antonio into the sets they want to get into, their offense is generally a, a smooth-running machine, and when it isn't, you can just give it to Tony Parker and say, okay, go break him down and get us a bucket. So those guys still do what they do offensively, and they still defend well. And Tim Duncan, you know, went 20-10 and and twenty and 10 his last game, and actually better than that. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but, you know, You wonder when he's going to slow down and when he's going to, you know, become a 37, 30-year-old player, 38-year-old player, and and it doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen. You know, I thought, you know, Tim Duncan was going to be satisfied and maybe swimming in the Caribbean by now and have called it quits, and yet he still puts up all-star level numbers. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're down, but you plug in, you know, Marco Bellinelli and they plug in Corey Joseph and they plug in – You know, Boris Diaw, and they plug in this guy and that guy, and they still are able to get efficiency, and that's more than anything. I mean, they're they're, they're second in the league in field goal percentage and first in three-point field goal percentage. and You know, numbers that scare you to death when you play them because those guys are so efficient, and they still sacrifice, and they still give up the shot for the wide-open guy.
1: Yeah, no sympathy here for those guys. No. Uh, As a matter of fact, the Spurs have beat the Pelicans nine of the last ten meetings, although it was awfully tight here earlier in January. Uh, when the Spurs get out of here with a six-point win. That was one hundred one ninety-five. All right, John, enjoy the broadcast. You know what's interesting about Tim Duncan? You mentioned the ageless uh, part of his play. I don't ever read any stories about Tim Duncan going to some German hospital or whatever to have blood transfused or this uh, uh, spun or whatever that's called now. Yeah, Um, blood spinning. Yeah, blood spinning. Uh, But you do hear that about the other guys who have found the fountain of youth later in their career. He just... You know, jumps in the lap pool, does more laps, and comes out and kicks your
2: butt. Yeah, he's so, he's some kind of you know, uh, well was it Shaq who nicknamed the big fundamental, but he's a lot more than fundamental. Yeah. I mean, he's a freakish athlete when you when you put everything together. We're going to talk about Anthony Davis in those terms down the road. I
1: guarantee. Yeah, you. I really do. Um, hey, we also might find out later today. Speaking of Anthony Davis, uh, whether or not he's a replacement on the Western Conference All Star squad, there are rumors that Commissioner Silver, and that's strange to say, Commissioner Silver may name the replacement for Kobe Bryant as early as today. So hopefully that's the way it plays out. 7 o'clock tonight, we'll be on the air on the Pelicans Radio Network. Television coverage tonight as well with David and Joel on Fox Sports New Orleans. Their coverage begins at 6.30. For producer Dan and for J.D., I'm Sean Kelly. Thanks for joining us here on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Our thanks to Jason Smith and Bill Shoney for joining us here on the first day of the week as well basketball tonight hopefully we're talking about another pelicans win right back here tomorrow with dan on the uh, black and blue report
0: thanks for listening to this edition of the black and blue report if all goes well we'll be back tomorrow tune in each weekday at 12 p.m or at your convenience exclusively online at Saints.com and pelicans.com follow your teams direct from the source The Black and Blue Report.